This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning. Uh, as I'm recording this today, it's a bit of a gloomy day and I'm in the uh, sad aftermath to England losing to Italy. But I've, I've got a passage that I hope will cheer us up. Um, for myself, it, it uh, carries memories of, of sunny days long ago of going forth with joy and being led forth with peace in a, a sunny foreign climate. Um, the passage is Isaiah 55, and I'll read it to you, and it means a lot. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? and your labour on what doesn't satisfy. Listen, listen to me, and eat what's good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I've made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations you don't know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendour. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and don't return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire, and achieve the purpose for which I've sent it. You will go forth with joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills will burst forth before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Well, I like this passage, it's got heaps in it, and uh, I love the free offer at the beginning, that God says, come, come. He, make, he makes an offer here. As we, you know, we know there are no free offers, someone has to pay. And then the chapters before that, uh, he's been describing his suffering servant, who we understand is a prophecy about Jesus. Um, suffering for us and paying the price for us that we may come but here we are we've got to chapter 55 of Isaiah and he says come he makes an offer and he reasons he's a God who reasons with us he says why spend your money on what isn't bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy and we as people often believers unbelievers often we get our priorities wrong. We find ourselves spending inordinate amounts of time, effort, thought on stuff that when we look back, we think, what was that all for? But um, God says, stop, stop. I have an an offer for you. Come, 
come to me, eat and drink. You can imagine Isaiah standing there in the marketplace. Maybe he was even acting this out, pretending to be a, a seller among all the other sellers. Um, but what he's got will satisfy. And uh, you may have stumbled across this video today. And I want to say, what are you spending your labor and your time on? What are you, what are you giving it to? To, what are you giving it to? God is saying, come to me, listen to me, and you will find a much richer satisfaction. You'll find, the language he uses, he doesn't just talk about bread and water, he talks about wine and milk, and he talks about the richest affair. Um, often, you know, Jesus himself picks up these themes. He says, if you follow me, you'll never be hungry. If you believe in me, you'll never thirst. Out of your heart will flow a stream, will flow fountains of living water. And um, what's he really talking about here? Well, the analogy is often about um, bread is often about God's message. If we will take in God's message, if we will eat it, if we will think about it, that bread will satisfy. Um, the water is often about his Holy Spirit. We, we come to him and drink. Um, we can drink of his Holy Spirit in our own living rooms, in our own uh, walk, just as we go for walks and things like that. Um, there's a promise for us to be filled with God, for, for, for God to, to meet all of our various needs. Um, he does that generally through his words and through his promises. So at any, at any level, if you might know about Maslow's triangle of needs, so the, the, the very basic, the promise for you know, the need for food and for, for air and for water, uh, God promises that if we will follow him. He, promise, he says that uh, these things will be added to you. Um, if we're talking about our need for security, um, he promises that you will be, you know, that you won't, you won't hit a, your foot against a stone. There's a promise for his, his care. Um, there's a promise for belonging, for, for emotional security. We've got the, the love of God. Your heart can be filled with the love of God. He can pour out his heart, his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit he's given us. And there's, there's, when we go up to sort of self-fulfillment and things like that, well, God will give us a calling. God will give us direction. God, will give, God has given us gifts that we can use. So he's, he's promising to meet all of these things, to, to give us satisfaction. But if we think that that is um, that that's just the you know the self help personal message you know get what you need and off you go, um, he promises all these things, but in a context which he describes, he says, "I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David." That's that's faithful love. It doesn't change. It's a covenant. It's an agreement. It's a, it's, it's based on on his promises, which cannot change. It's not a come and go thing. Um, but when we talk about the faithful love promised to David, David had a kingdom. And um, as he goes on in this passage, talking about David as a commander of the peoples and so on, this is going beyond anything that David ever was to what the Messiah, Christ, who was coming then and who has come now, will be. We'll find our satisfaction within the kingdom of God, within the, the, within the world of Christ. And uh, he says about Christ that Christ is a witness to the peoples and surely nations will come running to you. So on one side, God comes to us. He makes us a free offer. He says, come, eat, drink, I'll satisfy you. On another side, he says, you know, why are you wasting your labor what doesn't on what doesn't satisfy? 
you're going to be calling nations with me. In the passage here, some in, we can apply it to Christ. It's Christ who's calling nations to himself. But who did he do it through? Who called the English nation to him? It was people. It's people that he sent. And we're still in a world where there are nations, there are people, there are groups living um, far from God. And we have a part to play in calling nations to him. And uh, um, it's exciting because as those nations come, um, the, the time comes closer for Christ to come back. It's when all the nations have heard, when all the different groups of people have heard and the communities of Christ have been established among them, that then Christ will return. By calling, by summoning nations, we will, we will hasten the return of Christ. And the fact is, we can have a part in it and it can be fun. Um, I'll say a bit more about that a little bit later on. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. That's the, the bottom level. We, we can only enter into these things as we seek the Lord and call on him. Again, if you're, if you're fresh to all of this, this is God's challenge. This is God's challenge. He's, he's kept us alive for this day that we'll actually say, God, I want you. Call on him while he's near, while he may be found. There is a, there is a time limit. We don't know how long it will be that we can still that the opportunity will be thrown open. Maybe my heart will grow hard and calloused. Maybe I'll die. Maybe I'll be run over. COVID, who knows? But Christ is saying, give ear, come to me, listen that you may live. It's a life and death issue. Come to him. And he says, you know, leave your old ways. Leave your old thoughts. Turn to the Lord and he'll have mercy and he'll pardon. And he then has this wonderful passage where he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways nor ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I think that those words have been used in all kinds of contexts and situations, maybe even when we're struggling with, why did God do this? And, and then you say, well, his thoughts are not my thoughts. That's not really the context we have here. I think there are two things he's saying when he says, his, his thoughts are high. We've got to recognise we've got a great, big, mighty, wonderful God and a holy God whose way of thinking is far purer and better and higher than ours. So you, we, we're coming, we're being drawn into a kingdom. He's meeting our needs. He's pouring out his love in our hearts. But we're coming to a God who's utterly other and different from us. And we need to get in line. You know, he's the Holy One of Israel, and we need to get in line. We need to change our ways and our thoughts as much as we can in line with his. The other side of it as well is, I, I think, because it comes straight after the promise for free pardon. God's not like us in that he pardons freely. We struggle to forgive somebody who failed to take a penalty kick or a, a manager who maybe chose someone too young and shouldn't have done and was innocent. You know, we, we, we struggle with things like that, especially if we're really hurt or upset by something. We, we struggle. But God will freely pardon and he will freely forgive and he will freely welcome you in. There's some people who say, it's, it's, I'm a hypocrite now to come to God. I, when I was healthy, when I was well, I didn't. And now, now that I'm sick, now I'm... In one sense, God minds, but in another sense, God doesn't mind. He says, come, I will freely pardon. Christ has paid the price for you. Christ died. Christ rose again. He's, prayed the, he's paid the price for you. 
his word will have effect. He says, if it, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you. If you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And he, there's a passage here where it talks about the effect of God's word in our lives. And then we come to the end of it where it says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And uh, this brings me back to the summer of 1986. And um, I was, I'd only been a Christian for six months and I was with a group out in North Africa and we were separated different bunches of young you know, sort of student age people and we were to pray over a map and say Lord where are you sending us in this country where so few people know Christ and our group prayed over a map and we decided to go to a town that was about 50 miles away and then one of the guys sort of said I think we should go like it said in Luke Luke chapter 10 without money without without food or whatever, I think we should just go. Um, and young and idealistic as we were, I said, all right. And uh, we were standing by the roadside, hoping that someone would give us a lift. Um, and, you know, that was obviously, it was a frightening situation. Um, and yet at the same time, there was a, there, this uh, passage, you'll be, go out with joy and be led forth with peace, was a, a sort of chorus that people were singing back then. And, you know, we were singing that among ourselves and saying, you will be, you know, and, and there was joy. There was joy. And um, we did get to the town and we slept in a sand pit um, and ate a few biscuits that some workmen who were uh, working with the sand um, gave us. And uh, then we prayed for the town that we were at um, through the morning the next day, um, getting more and more desperate. And then somebody turned up and invited us in. And uh, we, we spent a wonderful night and next day with a local family that we hadn't known. Um, and um, we gave them things that we just had as, as gifts and as expressions of thanks, as we also did to those who drove us from A to B. Um, and we got back home. We survived. <laughs> and God was there. And the following year, another group went to that same town and an extraordinary miracle occurred with somebody who couldn't hear who was they prayed for and he heard. And we've been praying, Lord, show your glory in this town. And uh, we all go out into different situations that may be uh, high stress. And God says, you can still go out with joy. And that's a challenge. It's a call to us now at this time. I, I'm speaking this message to people who are watching in your own homes. Um, you've, for, you, know, you, you feel as, as yet unready to go to the church building or, or all kinds of circumstances may have, may have put you in that situation. But the time will come when you go forth. And my encouragement is, let's not go forth in trepidation. There are risks, there are dangers. But let's go forth with joy. Let's recapture our hunger. And as just going back to the beginning, you know, you, you who are thirsty, you, are, you who are hungry, let's recapture our hunger. I was just challenged by a passage in, uh, in Mark's Gospel where the people have been with Jesus three days out in the desert, hanging on his teaching. They've come out there to be taught. And Jesus says, I'm worried about these guys. There's no food when they, you know, they, they might collapse on their way home. Have you ever been so passionate about, passionate about hearing teaching that you haven't even thought about whether you've got food to get back home safely? These people came out into the desert to hear Jesus. And, uh, and evidently seemed to have forgotten, or they trusted him so much, they knew he's not going to leave us to starve here. Either way, look, look at the challenge. Those who have, 
those who those who seek more will be given those who don't have the next bit in that passage jesus gets on a boat goes to the other side of the lake and there's some pharisees hanging around the cafe saying hey show us a sign show us a sign he said you're not getting a sign the other guys got a sign they came out just wanting the word of god jesus gave them a meal and he gave them a miracle so you know let, let's take that that challenge let's let's be hungry let's let's seek opportunities you know when's the last time i traveled any distance to hear somebody share the message you know, when, when did I when I when did I do something extra? Um, there's there's a challenge for us. Let's go forth with peace and let's go forth with joy. As I say, there are risks. Our brothers and sisters are not only fearing COVID when they go to church. They're they're people who are being gunned down in churches, and their question as to whether they go is is a life and death one. And yet they go. So let, let's let's go forth with joy as we go out into challenging, difficult situations. We can call nations. We can call nations. Pray, praise God. We can we can pray a, play a part in that. And the final picture here, we see the mountains and the hills and the trees and the God's with us. Creation creation's on our side. As we go forth on God's mission, He He'll renew this 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 world that's around us. As we do the things that God's called us to to they will be an everlasting sign. I just think of things that people have done in history uh, through faith, like the abolition of slavery, like the Reformation, and the world was never the same again. It changed. And everlasting signs have been done. And we look forward to the great everlasting sign where, where Christ comes, renews his whole creation. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for these wonderful words of life that you give us, Lord. Thank you for the, that you will meet every one of our needs and satisfy us through your word and your promises. Please, God, I pray that we would be people who come and eat, come and drink. Father God, help us to be people who don't labour on what doesn't satisfy, don't waste our, our lives and our efforts on, on what isn't good. Lord God, help us to return to you. If there's anybody here for, who's, who's, who's uh, uh, truly new to the Christian faith, I invite you to, to come. We come to you, Lord Jesus. Those who are old to the Christian faith, we come to you, Lord Jesus. We want to drink this morning. We want to feed this morning. Father God, show us our part in calling nations who don't know you, Lord God. Help us to find joy in the things you call us to. Help us to go forth with joy and with confidence, Father God, as we go out into situations of difficulty and of challenge. Lord Jesus, we praise you, worship you. Amen. Bless you folks, have a wonderful day. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.